This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.ubs.com for further information about UBS. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to UBS Global Research PodHub, a channel that shares insights from economists, strategists, and equity analysts on the pivotal questions and events shaping today's markets. My name is Nick Ewell from the Australian Economics Team, and in this episode, we're going to be taking a high-level look at Australia's Q3 GDP print. I'm joined by Nick Geno, ANZ economist. So, Nick, real GDP growth in Q3 22 moderated a tick more than expected to 0.6% on the quarter, after a strong 0.9% in Q2. This was a touch less than both UBS and the market were expecting at 0.7%. But I guess the real question is, how does this stack up compared to the RBA's forecast? Is growth slowing sharper than they anticipated? That's right, Nick. Reflecting lockdown a year ago, we saw the year-on-year actually re-accelerate to 5.9%, which was the fastest since the middle of 2021. But that year-on-year was well below consensus, uh, which included us at 6.3%. And we think it's tracking under the RBA's expectations given their forecast for growth at the end of this year is 2.9% year-on-year, which now requires a rebound of around 1% quarter-on-quarter in Q4. That to us seems like a bit of a stretch, given growth has slowed to just 0.6% in Q3. However, we do note that some of the weakness in the year-on-year growth rate was due to downward revisions from prior quarters. And for this last print, what, in your view drove its softness. Within the details, we saw public demand, which was very weak. Again, it rose just 0.2% on the quarter and the year-on-year slowed sharply to 3.2%. So we're seeing less stimulus from the public sector. We're also seeing business investment rise modestly by only 0.6% on the quarter. And part of the reason for that has just been the difficulty of completing work as well as a host of other labour and supply chain issues businesses have been experiencing. Furthermore, one of the other drivers was real household consumption, which slowed more than expected to 1.1% on the quarter. Now, this follows previous quarterly growth rates closer to 2% in Q2 and Q1 this year. We also saw housing or dwelling investment bounce only modestly after falling by 1% on the quarter, and it's down 3.9% over the year. There were some green shoots, however. Inventories accumulated at a faster pace and contributed modestly to GDP, adding 0.2 percentage points on the quarter and a full percentage point over the year. But this does mean that if future demand surprisingly weakens, there could be an overhang of inventories, which could prove to be quite disinflationary next year. Finally, net exports was also weaker and it dragged slightly by 0.2 percentage points from growth and it's dragged a large 1.9 percentage points over the year. This has been driven by a faster rebound of imports compared with exports. And just to pivot slightly, how did the nominal side of the economy and then company profits also perform? Well, the nominal side of the economy was quite strong, and part of the reason for that is because we've been seeing very high inflation, especially in Q3. So nominal GDP did slow, rising by 0.8% on the quarter after booming a remarkable 4.1% on the quarter in Q2. 
and the year-on-year -year accelerated to 13.1%. However, this belied weaker company profits, which actually fell around 2% on the quarter, albeit they're still up 13% over the year. And this was really driven by the terms of trade, which slid 6.6% on the quarter from a record high, and in particular, weight on mining profits. We also saw that nominal household income was mixed. It rose 1.6% on the quarter and running at a modest 3.3% year-on-year growth rate. However, within that income mix, we had compensation of employees from wages and salaries, which spiked 3.2% on the quarter and a remarkable 10% year-on-year, which is near a cycle high for wage and salary income growth. So wages are clearly picking up and it appears that company profits are also falling. And while I did mention mining profits were a big driver of that drop, we also saw non-mining profits slide slightly too. Average earnings rebounded 2.5% uh, on the quarter and they were boosted by the minimum wage and the increase in superannuation. So overall, this resulted in a reversion of the wages share back to more normal levels and the profit share also retraced from a record high. Just on the topic of income, are we starting to see the impact of the RBA's rate hikes creep into the data? And then what's the data telling us about how the consumer is holding up as a result of these fast rate hikes? That's a good question, Nick. And while income has risen strongly, household interest payments are simply rising much faster. They leapt by 33.7% on the quarter and they're 42% higher over the year and much larger increases lie ahead. So this is going to increasingly crunch household cash flow. And we know even though we're looking at data from the September quarter, the full impact of a lot of the RBA's tightening still would not have been present in that data given fixed rate mortgages, which are around a third of the mortgage stock. And secondly, the three-month lag from the RBA hike in the cash rate to when mortgage repayments typically adjust higher. So as a result of that rapid increase in interest costs, the interest cost share of income rose from a very low 4.1% to 5.4% in Q3, and we think it's going to rise to around eight and three quarters percent ahead, which would be the highest since 2012. However, since 2012, principal payments as a share of income have also risen, given we have much higher debt to income for households. Finally, on the consumer, in nominal terms, they are still spending very strongly. So we saw nominal consumption boom by 3.1% on the quarter and a record 18.5% year on year. This has been boosted by the household savings ratio dropping to 6.9%, the lowest since the end of 2019, after 8.3%. And household savings are now near the pre-COVID trend. Thanks, Nick. That's some great insight. And so just to tie it all together, what does this third quarter GDP data all mean for UBS's outlook on the Australian economy and the RBA? Well, looking ahead, and as we mentioned earlier in our previous podcast, Nick, given the government policy changes, we added another RBA hike to a peak rate of 3.35% in February, and we delayed rate cuts until November next year. We also 
reduce the magnitude of rate cuts from 100 basis points to only 75 basis points. So given this wage pressure is much stronger, we do think it means rates are going to be higher and they're going to be higher for a little bit longer than we previously thought. We've also incorporated modestly higher wages into our baseline. We now see the wage price index at around 3.8% in 2023. And we see inflation a little bit higher at 3.6% by the end of next year. With GDP having a weaker starting point, coupled by higher expected interest rates, we also lower our real GDP forecast to under 1% year on year by the end of next year. And calendar year 23 growth has been slashed to 1.4% from 1.8%. This sees unemployment increase towards 5% in 2024. So in other words, the risks of a hard landing seem to be rising. And we think that for Australia to avoid a cliff-like slowing of consumption and subsequent recession, households need to continue to rapidly draw down savings towards a record low. Thanks for your insight today, Nick, and thank you all for visiting the UBS Research Pod Hub. That was an overview of Australia's third quarter economic growth, hosted by Nick Yule and Nick Geno. Tune in again for more investment insights. This content has been prepared by UBS AG, its subsidiaries and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content and has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives, and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regular or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2022. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved.